Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the ballots. It's Saturday morning, May the 27th in Indianapolis, Indiana. We are high atop the balance studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. Why is that day significant, you ask me? Well, I am so glad that you did because I am El Presidente, and I'll be glad to share that my wealth of information for you. That means one more day until Sunday, May the 28th the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500 takes place just about 10 minutes away from us here in Indianapolis at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the greatest spectacle in uh, racing. And my name's uh, Tom Arquisel, Presidente. We do this every year. Uh, we've been doing this for so many years. You know, we, we were looking at our, our, how long have we been on kind of a clock and we're well over 16 years we have been doing this show. It's been so much fun, so much fun. Couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, 917-889-8516. Well, and that's right. It is time for our annual special, Field of 33. We'll talk about how we got to the Field of 33 cars, which <clears throat> just for those novice uh, Indy 500 fans that uh, might just not know a lot about what, what's going on, basically, uh, the 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 rule is, hey, 33 cars, not 34, 33. Now, we have had some times where there's been less than 33, but for the most part, every year, it's been 33 cars. You can never have more than 33 cars. And so we're going to talk about the excitement of Bump Day, and probably in many, many, many years, uh, this has been the, the very first Bump Day that I would say has been, I, I would say, well, go back to when James Hinchcliffe was on the bubble and we dealt with it with him and then I think he was with Sam Schmidt then but we normally don't see the excitement of bump day we usually just see 33 uh, cars qualify this year we had 34 on the grid and one had to go and we're going to talk about all of that drama uh, that has happened and has really kind of soaked up a lot of the storyline of the Indianapolis 500 certainly there's a lot to talk about and we will get to that uh, also we were scheduled to have Steve Wilson editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com our official NASCAR contributor to help us break down the action uh, or like they're uh, in Charlotte um, They've got some weather issues and stuff, so he's trying to use a window that he had uh, to get to the track. They're going to try to get some racing in today. It's not looking very good for today, uh, but uh, today being Saturday, uh, but uh, hopefully we, that we'll be able to catch up with him next week and catch up on Charlotte. Obviously, Charlotte, uh, the Coca-Cola 600 runs tomorrow, and that's a, you know, a, a typical day, and we've had drivers that – and, you know, came and ran the Indianapolis 500, got in a helicopter, got uh, hooked up with an IV, and headed out to uh, Charlotte to run the double. Uh, uh, 
Kyle Larson's going to be running the Indianapolis 500 next year. I'm curious to see if he's going to be doing the double. I don't know all the details on that, but certainly we'll stay on top of that. Uh, but it certainly looks like a soggy start to the weekend. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to get racing uh, done. Today. And we'll talk a little bit about that race here in just a, a few moments before we get into our field of 33. Matt Hicks, longtime radio guy and longtime friend of the show, joins us to start breaking down the field. We're going to start with Rule 11 and work our way up. And then Tony Donahue, burnoutsports.com, will join us uh, in, in to help us break down the IndyCar action down there at 16th and Georgetown. I believe he's going to be down there at the media center. So it's really exciting to have him down there, but I'm not sure. Uh, but either which way, he's calling in, and uh, we're going to pick up where we left off with Matt, and then we'll finish off with Derek Schultz. He's uh, media relations with uh, uh, Life at uh, Purdue. Uh, that's his Twitter. We'll, we'll get into that, and he's got some stories. We, of course, Derek's been a longtime friend of the show. Um, so good to have him. Ran into him at the track yesterday, so it was really good to catch up with him and help us help us finish breaking down the grid of the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. 917-889-8516 is my digits. I'm just going to tell you what. If you blink, it goes by at 230 miles an hour. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing four on four with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're one of my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. 
And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Indianapolis Speedway is a sentimental place for all its accent on technical excellence and harsh reality. That sentiment was personified by the much-admired owner of the track, Tony Holman, who died last autumn. There's been a lot of speculation and some mystery this month as to who would succeed Tony to utter the words, gentlemen, start your engines. New President Joe Cloutier said he would not be the one, but he would not reveal who it would be. Well, most appropriately, it is going to be the widow of Tony Holman, Mary Holman. There's Mrs. Holman now, obviously moved by this moment. Lady, lady and gentlemen, start your to the ballast it is a field of 33 ladies and gentlemen and you know uh, you, you might have caught that at the very beginning of course that's uh, the late mary holman george who for many 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 years uh was the start your engine announcer very uh, tradition there at the indianapolis 500 but well, that was the first race we had a female uh in the race and uh, she kind of stumbled around and she said lady uh lady and gentlemen uh, so it was really kind of uh, uh, interesting to hear that. Certainly a big nostalgic uh, uh, part of the track. And, and that's part of what makes the Indianapolis 500 special is just the the legacy, the pomp and circumstance, all that leads up to, you know, the month of May, all the excitement of, of the cars. Certainly every year we watch the cars get a little bit faster and, and we watch dri- uh, younger drivers come up. And, you know, it is really part of a tradition. Uh, and that's really a big part of what makes the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, 
generations upon generations upon generations have been going down there to 16th and Georgia. I have to admit, I've been going since I've been a little kid, uh, you know, and it's it's always fun. It's stories to tell. Uh, it's like, hey, I remember my first Indianapolis 500. I remember, you know, what happened at this Indianapolis. I, we always sit out at turn four. It's a family tradition, and certainly it's a uh, the kickoff for summer uh, as well as Memorial Day weekend. And certainly, uh, it, it's always on Memorial Day weekend. It's uh, uh, very much uh, attached to the military as well. Big, huge history of the United States military and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and they never fail every year. We were out at, uh, at qualifying last week, and we saw the swearing in of young soldiers. It's special, and uh, I say that every year, but it is. It is my happy spot, but let's let's roll on. Uh, NASCAR doesn't look like we're going to be able to get Steve Wilson on, uh, as I mentioned uh, in the opening dialogue here, that, that we uh, have some weather issues, and so he's using that window uh, to uh, get into the track, uh, kind of just like with Indianapolis, there's some steps you have to take. <laughs> you have to park from one spot, you have to take a a shuttle to another spot, and then you have to take the golf cart on into the media center. So it's a thing. It's a process. So I totally understand. Steve Wilson of NASCAR, uh, our NASCAR contributor, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com. Certainly check out SpeedwayDigest.com. Uh, they have been a, a partner of this show for many, many years, and they, they do the best NASCAR coverage that you could possibly be. And we've had some changes. NASCAR's already made a change in the weekend schedule at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And given the expectation of bad weather, and I kind of looked at the radar, it does look kind of sketchy uh, for NASCAR to get that in. Uh, Saturday's, today's Xfinity race for the Osco Uniforms 300 has been scheduled to get underway at 1 o'clock. And then you can catch that on Fox Sports, uh, Fox Sports 1, FS1, with the green flag estimated to be around 119. So we'll see how that is. Um, so so they moved it up by an hour. Uh, there's a 90% chance of rain on Saturday, according to the Weather Channel, uh, which did prompt the change. And so it looks like it's going to be kind of pretty soggy for the uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway and its one-and-a-half-mile one oval. Um, so just a, a note for those that follow the nerdy stuff like I do, not, NASCAR does not have rain tires available for any oval tracks uh, longer than one mile. So – if they lose the track, that's just going to be it, and they'll have to just move it around and try to get everything in tomorrow. Uh, well, the Cup Series practice uh, for the Coca-Cola 600 is scheduled to take place today at 7.05, again, providing that they still have the track. Uh, and what I mean by lose the track, it just means they can't get it dry. It just means they can't get it dry, and they just have to move things around. Uh, and they could very well be canceled, and in which case, uh, there'll be a provisional starting lineup, and uh, so uh, you can check that all that out on NASCAR.com. So I don't know. I I, I was looking in, in the forward uh, the, the forward thinking, uh, if you will, of of that, which I often do here in Indianapolis, especially around race day. We don't like to use the R word here in race weekend. That's that's a that's a bad juju. Never use the R word. <laughs> Even the weatherman here, uh, here in local, uh, will will tell you that uh, that. So we'll see. It might this this thing might get pushed back till Tuesday. Man, 
talking about fans, it's, you know, just like the Indianapolis 500, people plan their whole year around uh, going to that race. And it's happened here in Indianapolis, so I, I, I feel for them, and I, hopefully they can they can get it going and, and uh, get, uh, get things going uh, for NASCAR. Coming up at 930 here, we have Matt Hicks. Matt Hicks is one of our dear friends of the show. He's been a longtime radio guy here in Indianapolis and has spent a lot of time covering IndyCar out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He is going to be joining us to talk with us a little bit about, um, well, we're going to start our breakdown. We're going to start a breakdown. We've got some drama to talk about. Now, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it, but there really is no spoiler. If you guys have been following IndyCar, the Indy 500, uh, <laughs> you know what drama we're talking about. Um, so there was some drama around Graham, Graham Ray Hall. So uh, we want to leave – we'll leave all that here, uh, but we will say that – let's just say that Graham was out. And then he was in. <laughs> so we'll get into that. Uh, and, you know, the weird thing about it, and this is no secret, he, he spent his entire career with with, with Honda. Uh, and, I, I, you know, there was some weird things that they had to get, the hoops that they had to jump through. And, and I don't know what kind of restrictions uh, that he's put on, but I, I know he's going back to Honda after this race, this is a one-day contract, and I mean, a lot of times, well, a lot of times, you know, they'll they'll move drivers around. It's not uncommon, but to remove a driver that's been in the Honda world uh, his entire career, and then all of a sudden throw him in the Chevy. And then I also heard yesterday that the spotter for uh, Graham Ray, Graham Ray Hall's normal spotter uh, will not be his spotter. For the Indianapolis 500, it'll it'll be the uh, 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 spotter for Stefan Wilson, which was the car that qualified. And you know, okay, I'll let the cat out of the brat bag. God, y'all, you just keep poking at me. But what happened? And we'll we'll get into more detail about this in just a, in the next few minutes. But what happened was that. Um, Catherine Leggy and Justin, uh, uh, just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm about as anybody else. Stefan Wilson uh, uh, crashed and hit the wall. And, and uh, well, it was basically Catherine Leggy's fault. Good to see her back. She's been in sports cars for a good number of years, well over a decade since she's been in an IndyCar. It's a lot of adjustments with her. The first time she's ever driven with a Halo, um, which is the the container that goes over the, the their head. Um, ironically enough, it was because of Stefan Wilson's brother, who was tragically killed in Pocono uh, about, uh, you know, a few years back. And we certainly we've had him on the show before. And it was, it was a sad loss to see him uh, pass away. But they put that halo over there because what happens is debris could come out and hit him in the head. And that's exactly what happened with with uh, uh, Justin Wilson. Well, here's the thing. The drivers hated it. Drivers hated it. Well, that was until uh, until just, uh, Joseph Newgarden got hit in the halo, and I was like able to get up and walk out of the the, the car. And they're like, "Well, you know what? Maybe this is a maybe this is a good time." So basically, what has happened is uh, 
Stephon Wilson, uh, Justin's younger brother, has all has just been that blue collar guy, nicest guy in the world. Just really been trying to fight and claw his way up uh, to get into a full time Indy car ride. He still hasn't gotten a full time Indy car ride. He he's one of those what they call one offs, uh, where they're just there for the Indianapolis 500. Now, and and I, I certainly think the future is bright for him, but he has just it's just not been. He's not had the blessings of IndyCar uh, that his brother had. And, uh, you know, hopefully that'll change. But what happened is in that wreck, he ended up, uh, he's going to be okay. It's just nothing, nothing major, but it's just he wasn't able to get cleared by uh, medical. He had to have some back surgery. He broke a vertebrae. So, you know, he's going to have to, to come to adjustments on that. So that very, very disappointing. And then so what happened last week in bump day we saw Jack Harvey. I kid you not. Jack Harvey was. Well, they had pretty much said, "Okay, Graham, you're in 33 car. You're in. You're the 33rd car." And Jack Harvey found some speed uh, in the final laps of going out by reducing, from what I understand, by reducing some air in the tires and uh, and uh, emptying some gas. Uh, he was able to find just enough speed. And when I say just enough speed, there's probably not a hair on your head that is thicker than that window that uh, Jack Harvey uh, snuck into the Indianapolis 500. And it was his teammate. It was Graham Ray Hall's teammate. They're all Catherine Leggy. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Catherine Leggy, Jack, Jack Harvey, and Graham Ray Hall, all part of the Ray Hall Legerman uh Letterman Legerman uh, team, and, and we all know who Graham's father is, Bobby Rahal. And so, what a dis- disappointing for anybody to go down there and go through all the emotions to qualify for the Indianapolis 500, and then not to qualify and to get what they call bumped and to get pushed out of the the grid. And th- that emotion in itself is enough to just suck the life out of a person. It sucks the life out of a fan. And, of course, but then again, it's very, very exciting to see that that's Indianapolis for you. That's the kind of excitement that you see at Indianapolis. And to see that happen and then just, okay, well, we know that Graham's bumped. It's unfortunate. Graham's like, hey, I'm going to do everything I can do to help the team. I'll be here for sponsors. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be here in Indianapolis. Of course, he lives in Indianapolis, too. But he's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here. I'm going to support the team. And then later on in the week, we have that accident uh, in, in the turn there where in the practice uh, where Catherine Leggy uh, checked down and didn't see the oncoming traffic. She's still getting used to the halo. And I, and I got some, some things with Catherine Leggy. I, I, think, I think she's a great driver. I think she's, I, I love seeing her back at the track. She's the only uh, female driver that we have at the track this year, um, unless you want to talk about Danica Patrick being on the broadcast with NBC. Don't get me started on my Danica. I'm not a Danica hater. I'm really not. I like Danica, sort of. <laughs> I'm just one of those cranky fans, aren't I? But uh, nonetheless, I, I like Catherine. But I noticed that just yesterday she had some issues with her tire. And it, it, some in, I'm sorry, she had some uh, issues with her tires, but she also had some issues with her engine. And it basically stalled on her right there on the track. Man, to call a full, full course uh, caution on the practice yesterday um, for her. So I, I worry about her. I, I'm kind of concerned. I'm, I'm concerned about the whole 
uh, Ray Hall Legerman team as a whole spend the month of May. This is just one a year. I think they just want to get out of. Let's let's get finished. I mean, of course, what an amazing story it would be if Graham Ray Hall was to turn around and win it. But let's let's talk reality, folks. That's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. If it does, well, you you all can crucify me on the cross and say I told you. I don't think anybody though thinks that it's going to happen. But it is the excitement of being at the Indianapolis 500, and then it's more than that. It's, this is a business. This is a multi, multi-billion-dollar business, and sponsors spend a buttload of money to be seen at the Indianapolis 500. So that was a, another thing they had to work at, and I still haven't heard all the details of what sponsors are going to go over. I've heard it's going to be kind of a United Rentals-themed car, but there again, the contracts are they're, they're sponsoring a, a Chevy vehicle. So we'll see how that is, and maybe we can find that out and, uh, throughout the show today. Maybe Tony uh, or Derek knows a little bit more about what the car is going to look like uh, as far as that goes. So, uh, you know, exciting as it was, uh, Grant, uh, I'm sorry, a, get my teams right. Uh, um, well, I'm sorry I had a brain fart. He almost won the race. Um, we'll get it. My my brain's going in a thousand different directions. Uh, but they decided to go ahead and, hey, let's put Graham in the car. Uh, maybe a lot of people thought, well, okay, this is, uh, you know, rich boy getting his way. No, I don't think that. I think maybe there was a, a portion of fans that, that thought that. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think so. Uh, but they had other drivers that they could look at. They looked at Sage Caraman. And I was listening to James Hinchcliffe uh, talk on on a local radio here, and he was asked, "Hey, were you asked that if you were going to uh, do that?" He said he was he he was asked, not uh, officially offered, but he was asked. And he said, "I don't think he would have the interest." But we did find out from James Hinchcliffe, <clears throat> on a side note, uh, that uh, he definitely wants to run the Indianapolis 500. When asked him, "Hey, uh, when's that going to be?" Because it could be next year, it could be the following year. I want to be in a car where I know I can win. I don't need to have another start at the Indianapolis 500 to to crown my career. And uh, he retired back in 2021. Now he is with NBC Sports. Uh, he still keeps in shape. I saw him yesterday. He looks in very good shape. I, I'm gonna. I don't typically pro, uh, promote a, a, a another podcast, but check out his podcast off track. I saw them doing that live yesterday at the track. It's pretty cool. Uh, but so any which way, there was other drivers that were considered, you know, stage care may have been one too. Um, so, uh, you know, they had some options, but from whatever it be, they said, okay, we're going to do this. And it, it was, uh, you know, hats off to hats off to Chevy saying, okay, you know what? Cause they didn't have to, they said, you know what? Cause I, uh, the uh, rivalry between Chevy and Honda, no secret, is the real deal. It's the real deal. <laughs> they do not like each other. Uh, but it was good to, for them to do that. And, and I'm, I know there was probably, you know, lots of signatures that had to be made. And, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, of course, I don't know. That, IndyCar and NASCAR, for that matter, are, are very – closed door about the financial stuff. They don't they don't rely release how much contracts are worth, how much the drivers getting paid and so forth. So I don't think we'll see the financial uh, 
compromise, if you will, that. But I'm pretty sure Bobby Ray Hall had to get out his checkbook just to make just to make that happen. So you know, it was really exciting. And you know, again, the Indy 500 is uh, something special for everyone. And if you've never been, you need to go. And it really excites me to see young kids out at the 16th in Georgetown. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. We are just we are just getting started here on our field of 33. When we get back, we'll be back with Matt Hicks, and we're going to be uh, we're going to uh, be starting to break down the 11 rows of the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. We'll be right back on the other side. <laughs> National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board. Do you guys have black rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good 
small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Kwa Piquet, which of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. kind of scratchy this weekend with the uh, um, uh, with the Charlotte uh, in Charlotte the Coca-Cola 600 so they've got their own race to talk about where we were scheduled to have Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest we were going to talk a little bit about the NASCAR race before we jumped into our our field of 33 but he had texted me he's like it's not raining I'm going to use this window to get to the track and and those of us that go to the media centers at the track, especially like Charlotte and IMS, know it's a whole process of getting into the track. And nobody knows that better than anybody, and that's how I want a good friend of the show joining us now, Matt Hicks, longtime indie, uh, local indie radio guy and certainly covered the IndyCar race for many, many years. So he is one a SME, or subject matter expert. Uh, good morning, uh, sir. How are you? I am well. Good morning. Happy uh, Christmas Eve, if you will. That's right, buddy. I was out at Carb Day yesterday. It did not disappoint. And uh, I was hanging out at Radio <laughs> Row. And John was like, you know, I don't think I've seen this for years. And Doug Bowles was on, on there. And he was like, well, you know, I don't think I've seen it like this since pre-COVID. So, so exciting it was. But one thing, you know, uh, Father Time it always catches up to you. I'm getting too old to hang out there and party at Carb Day. Uh, I, I'm feeling it this morning there, uh, uh, mm. Matt, that's for sure. So, but what a what a good uh, uh, story this has been for the Indianapolis 500 overall. Great, you know, you hated to see what happened last week on qualifying, and it's just been one drama after another. We were just kind of talking about this a little bit before uh, we went to you, and and, and and you know, really the story of Graham Ray Hall getting bumped that was just a gut wrenching tragedy. If you, tragedy meaning in the loosest of terms, uh, to go through that emotion. And then Jack Harvey, you know, I mean, I don't know if you watch qualifications, but we were we were there on pole day, and my God, you can't get any closer. Uh, and and to, and to be your own teammate, you wish your teammate good luck, but man, Graham Rahal just got the life sucked out of him to say, hey, you're bumped from the Indianapolis 500. It happened to his father, and then you know, getting to that point of accepting it, 
Then all of a sudden, Catherine Leggy gets it gets into Stephon Wilson, and he hits the wall, and now the opportunity opens up for Graham Rahal to be back in the race at the number thirty three car. You talk about the roller coaster of emotions. Real quickly before we get into the the uh, the rows here, we're going to get. I know we only got you for a limited amount of time. We've also got Tony Donahue coming on, and we got Derek Schultz. I know. I know you know both of those guys. They're all going to come on and help us oh, break yeah. down the, the the full grid. But let's let's start with with what happened last week on pole day. What happened this week and getting in a short uh, turnaround time, getting Graham Ray Hall in the car. What do we know about the contract negotiations? I, he's been in Honda his whole life, his whole career. Uh, the the spotter for. Um, Stephon Wilson will be his spotter. It won't be his normal spotter, so there's some getting used to there. They didn't go with J.R. Hillebrand. That, I'm sorry, guys, that were listening earlier. I couldn't remember J.R. Hillebrand's name. I had such a brain fart. You know, it just comes back like that. But they didn't go with Jay Hillebrand. They didn't go with Sage Karam. And, and, you know, everybody's going to approach James Hinchcliffe. But that's a, that's a whole other story. Like, walk us through what, as a fan or just, you know, covering that story, that's, that's – I know it's gobbled up a lot of the uh, storylines for the 500, but it's it's big. Go ahead. Well, it is, you're right. It's a big story because Graham is one of the most excuse me one of the most recognizable names outside of the core fandom of IndyCar, right? I mean, that's a name. You know, your neighbor who only watches the Indy 500 and no other IndyCar races. That's a name those people know. So it did gobble up the story. You know, it's funny you brought up Hinch because he was actually the first driver I thought of outside of Hildebrand because Hinch has been a career Honda driver. And I, I thought the same yeah. thing. I, I thought, I wonder if they'll call Hinchcliffe. Now, I read a story, uh, I think it was Marshall Pruitt, but forgive me, whoever, if it wasn't him, whoever wrote the story, because it was well-written. The timeline of, of, the, of the chain of events. First of all, so glad Stephen Wilson is healthy. Uh, yes, absolutely. a wonderful family. I I I met Stephen Wilson once many many years ago, but I I wouldn't claim to have met him as many times as I met his brother. And his brother was exactly. one of we've talked about Justin, one of the absolute most wonderful people in the paddock. Yeah. Just a wonderful guy absolutely. he's missed dearly. And Graham was Justin's teammate uh, many 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 years ago. So there's a yeah. connection there. I I'm told of the story I read. Uh, which was wonderfully written. I, I, I apologize if whoever wrote it. I'm just blanking on who it was. But it took 45 seconds for Honda to allow Graham to go drive this car for Chevy. That is a, a testament to the recognition of the importance of Graham to the Indy 500 because he is important. Um, he's, he's, you know, many things. He's an American driver, but he's got, you know, he's famous. I mean, he's, he's it's a famous family, not only his father. He's married into the Force family. So, I mean, this is yeah. a, you know, it's racing royalty, to put it bluntly. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Most definitely. So, well, and here's it the... made a lot of sense. And I, and I, think, mm-hmm. I think in the end, um, the Indy 500 is, is um, a better product. I want to be careful when I say this because I don't want to disparage Stephen Wilson because, man, he's just had a long road. And gosh oh, yeah. darn it, wouldn't it be great one day if he was leading at the end of the day? But, um the Indy 500 is probably, probably better national television product with Graham Ray Hall in it. 
No, I, I totally agree. It makes sense. I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not part of that crowd to think, oh, because of exactly what you said, because he is royalty that he deserves a spot into the Indianapolis 500. No. Uh, I mean, because you got to think J.L. Holbrand would have been a great choice. That's a Chevy. They wouldn't have had to gone yeah. through some of this stuff. I, I am uh, curious to see how this is going to happen with the new spotter. So there's a lot of, th- they're going to give him about 45 minutes on the track. I thought it was yesterday. It may have been yesterday after the car day. Well, I think it was thir- I think it was Thursday. I think they got okay. out yeah. and, and did some install laps. And I think they were allowed to take it up to speed. And, and keep in mind, not just the spotters. This is the entire crew. Graham takes no one with him from Ray Hall, Letterman Landing, and Racing, as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, it, that was the part entire of the crew. Right. This is all, all of Stephen Wilson's crew. Yes. Well, it'll it'll be fun and a great story that Wilson family is. Of course, you and I know Justin, and Justin we've been on the show several times. And, but you also remember this happened a few years back with uh, James Hinchcliffe. Ironically enough, his name comes back up. He was with Schmidt Racing at that point before he went over to Arrow, uh, and he got bumped. And they offered him the opportunity to go ahead, and we're going to pull one of our other drivers. We'll get you in the car. And James said, No, I'm not going to do that. That's not how. I, that's yeah. not how I roll. James is a classic, classic guy. And, and oh, uh, Jake asked yeah. yeah, I don't know if you heard the interview this week with uh, Jake. Uh, he was on with Jake and Kevin, and he, they asked him, he said, are you going to come back to the Indy 500? He said, yes. And Jake asked him, when are you coming? He said, it might be next year. It might be the following year. He said, I want to be in a car that I know I can win. I don't need another Indy 500 start on my belt. So then it was kind of a question was asked, so you don't think that Graham can win the Indy 500 or of course, he's not going to say, no, I don't think that. But the reality is, what a story it would be if well, he did turn around and win, but it's not going to happen. It, so. it would be – I think I heard Drew Powell uh, a couple times throughout the week. What a Hollywood story it would be. But let's let's look at some reality here. Now, listen, <laughs> the reality is the reality is anybody one – any one of those 33 drivers can win this race. That's how this works. You, you know, yeah. something weird can happen with 10 laps to go and we run under caution for eight laps and it's a two-lap shootout. There's a lot of weird stuff that can happen. But reality is this. It's a two-year-old car. It's a crew he's not yeah. familiar with. The, the fact that you have to, you have to, you know, completely nail six to eight, hopefully not eight, but six to eight pit stops perfectly. The, the luck that's involved with winning this race, Graham's a perfect example of that. He had this race won. Maybe maybe by like three quarters of a lap a couple of years ago, and a wheel falls off. I mean, yeah. a wheel, like literally, it something that never hardly happens. But we could we do go, a we know. could do a we could do a whole show of weird quirky stuff that happens at weird, the Indianapolis Yeah, weird Florida people, <laughs> weird things that have happened to people that should you know Scott Goodyear should be a two-time Indy 500 champion. He yeah. never won the race. Yeah, Absolutely. so these things happen. But you're right. The reality of the odds against Graham Rahal are are very, very um, steep. But he's going to have a great day tomorrow, I have no doubt. Well, I'm going to root for him. I mean, just from a fan, I'm not necessarily rooting for him to win. All right, let's get started on the field of 33. As we know, the Indianapolis 500 can have no more than 33 cars. We have seen times when there's been 31, 32, but those have kind of been anomalies. But never 34. Well, the, so the, the 30, well that's that's. Tom, remember thirty-five and nineteen ninety was it six or seven when the when the two IRL points drivers did not get on You're right. and there was there was a ruling You're that right. allowed them because they had provisional spots. There were thirty-five yeah. that year. You're right. Good good call. 
Nice show. Well, I used to. Matt, don't Matt forget. Don't forget. I used to produce. Uh, produce Talking Gasoline Alley a couple of years. So these I are all it. things that I, I remember. <laughs> that's that's why that's why I bring you on, man. You, you keep us. You keep <laughs> us balanced. No pun intended. So let's talk about roll. Let's talk about roll eleven. Uh, okay. Again, the rule is thirty three. So the exception in nineteen ninety five, uh, there's been thirty three cards. That's Stefan Wilson qualified twenty fifth, but obviously that's not going to be where Graham Rehal. Uh, goes. Right. He's going to start at the end of the field at, at 33. We've talked a lot about Graham Rahal. He's going to be in the Chevy, the Laura Chevy. Uh, the, the speed for that car, let me just clarify that. They qualify the car, not the driver. That's why they can move that around. Uh, 231.648. Jack Harvey, exciting qualification for him, as I mentioned earlier. He, he also is a Honda guy, uh, certainly a teammate, of, a real teammate of Graham Rahal. Uh, 229.166. And then Stingray Rob, and that is his legal name because I have checked and double-checked. It is his real name, and there's a whole story. I'll get it up on, on social media about how his name it has to do with his uh, family from uh, Scotland or whatever, and that's a family name. And then Ray is his dad. or sorry. It is a family name. So that is his real name. But must have just had it, some sort of a, a forethought in life that he would be at the Indianapolis 500 being a rookie in 2023 Stingway Rob that's your row 11 what are your thoughts well you know listen uh great obstacles overcome for all three of those drivers frankly to make the race and they all did it uh for one way or the other you know we 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 wish Stefan Wilson a, a quick recovery and gosh you know if there's anything such as karma or luck Steph Wilson's gonna win this thing one day I mean, you know, he just he just has had such terrible luck. But someday yeah. his his uh, coin will turn the other side. So uh, Graham obviously has a lot of odds to overcome. Starting thirty third, no one's ever won it from thirty third. Several couple people have finished second, as you might remember. Scott Goodyear, as I mentioned earlier, is one sure. of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's a tough spot. The, the last row is a tough spot to be in. There's a lot of fun had with the last row. But Jack Harvey and Stingray, Rob, um, you know, they have a lot of obstacles to overcome. But, but Nieder, uh, somebody said, uh, to finish first, you must first finish. And that's the, that's <laughs> I love the it, key. Yes. I don't remember who said it, but somebody said that. It's a great line, and it's, it's so true. Um, and that's the key. Avoid trouble, stay on the lead lap, and see where you are in the last step. That's, I would assume, aside from some strategy uh, – you know, shenanigans. Uh, there's, I would assume that's their plan for tomorrow. And, you know, real quickly, just uh, uh, sidestepping a little bit, you know, one of the biggest stories of qualification got gobbled up with all of this Graham Rahal, Jack Harvey, and all of this stuff was A.J. Foyt Racing having drivers in the oh, past 12. You know, definitely. we missed great, that story, didn't story. we? You know, yeah. Yeah, no, so, and that would have been the, the lead story had, had – had, you know, and I don't mean to pick on anybody, but there was a couple of people that were kind of expected to probably be that 34th spot. R.C. Right. Anderson would be the one that would come to mind, right? Um, so there's right. definitely, you're right. You know, the, the addition of Michael Cannon to A.J. Foyt Racing would have been this week's probably lead story aside from the incredible speeds in the past six. Yeah. 
Well, let's move on over to row number 10. Uh, in uh, 28 is RCN Anderson. He's in the Chevy 231.129 qualifying street. Catherine Leggy, we've talked about her. Good to see her back at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Certainly, she's a very accomplished driver, been driving the sports cars for the last 10 years. She's had a dark cloud over the whole Graham Ray Hall team. I know we keep going back to that. It's had a dark cloud this month, the month of May. In practice, her car stalled out yesterday, and they had to call a full course caution. I didn't, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, there was no accident, but yeah, it just kind of stalled. Uh, there was something to well, do with the electrical some, box. Some gremlins in that, just some gremlins in that car, for sure. Absolutely. And then Christian Longard, a great uh, guy to, to watch to drive. I don't, obviously don't think this is his year, but back to row 10, what are your thoughts? Well, great, a great row. You know, all wonderful drivers. R.C. Anderson is the one that, you know, I think, you know, would have probably been somebody that you would have looked at. Because, again, we talk about not the driver so much. He's a capable driver, of course. But the, sure. the odds, you know, he would have had to have overcome to make the race, and he overcame them all. You know, here, there he is safely in the field, which is awesome. Catherine Legg, a professional race car driver. What, what, do you, what can you say more about Catherine Legg? She's done everything. Um, she is a, a very accomplished driver. She will, um, again, because of uh, Indy Only, that we've seen Indy Only's win the race before many times, a couple times, I should say. But obviously a lot to overcome there. Christian Lungard, interesting person to keep your eye on tomorrow. I, I'm not making no, a prediction absolutely. on Christian, but I'm no, telling you. But- that he's going to be one of the come to yeah. race day setup. They always do, and and he might just be a guy to keep your eye on tomorrow throughout as he makes his way through the field. Well, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. If you're going, if you look at a guy that, that's going to make his way, I I am not making a prediction that he's going to win the race. I will make a prediction that he'll end in the top ten. So we'll see. We'll see okay, what happens. I, I would number. say that you know if you're if you're into the, the you know the, the the apps the betting betting apps, you might be able to make a, a couple bucks putting him in the, in your top ten. I think that's a real. I'm with you on that. I think that's a real possibility. And I do it. I get it. You know, people would say, "What have they shown you?" I I understand. What that team has shown me over the years is that that car might just be uh, in the mix. You know, towards the end of the race. Let's go to row number nine. Uh, one guy uh, specifically sticks out for me in this row as another one to watch, and that's Delvin Francisco, and he's in the Honda 231.353. You've also got Augustine Capanino. <laughs> I try to get these names right every year, but I always seem to miserably fail. Chevy 231.321, and then Callum Lott and Chevy 231.182. But Francisco certainly the, the guy to, to watch. Yeah, I love too a little bit, definitely. I don't, and you don't want to ever discount anybody. You know, I remember the hundredth running, and I, I thought, well, Alex Rossi's a nice driver, and we know he's in Formula One, and then boom, there he goes and wins the race. So you just, oh you know, my you just never really, if you're gonna win a, you never know. If you're, if you're gonna win an Indy 500, why not make it the hundredth, right? If you're gonna be a no rookie kidding, and right? be the guy to win, why not make it the hundredth, right? Go ahead. Well, and an, an American driver. I mean, all the great storylines from that race. Wow, right? But oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That would be a shock, I suppose. Well, it wouldn't be a shock if the winner came from that row. But uh, you're starting to get into the territory where something kind of weird throughout the day happens, and there's a sequence issue with pitting. These are these are all drivers that could, as you said, they have some speed. They they all are on a like, somewhat established team. That wouldn't wouldn't shock you, would it? No, absolutely not. 
doesn't shock me at all. All right, let's go to row eight. And I got a chance to watch this guy uh, on James's, uh, James Hanscloth's podcast yesterday uh, off the track, which, by the way, I, I should not promote another podcast. But if I'm going to do it, why not make a James, James Hanscloth's off the track podcast? I never heard it. I got a chance to watch them do it live uh, yesterday at, at Car Day. It was really cool. But Simon Patajon was there. Got a chance to meet with uh, David Malukas. He was on uh, 1070 as well in the after in, in the midday. I had a chance to get a chance to meet him and talk with him. And I like him. He's a good good old boy from Midwestern from Chicago. Likes deep dish pizza. And deep dish pizza out of Chicago does not mean thick. I learned that yesterday from David uh, Malukas. But and then Marco is ready. We talk about a guy who's had that dark cloud. And nothing against yeah. Marco. He's a very talented driver. But he just has this – he was really excited that he would have a fast – he would be in the fast 12. That didn't happen. And then earlier this week, totally unrelated, he's okay, but he got – he wrecked his Lamborghini. Oh, my God. He wrecked his Lamborghini. I'm sorry. Now, you talk about if – if I could get on the a uh, 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 racing royalty, I'm, a, I'm entitled kind of guy. And over the years, it's, it's not been so much here recently, but earlier on, I, I kind of got that. Buy from Marco. A whole other story. He blocked me on Twitter one year. I don't think he's unblocked me yet, but that's neither here nor there. Because I said something like that. You know, I haven't. I haven't checked. I don't think. I think we're good. Um, you know, of course, like you know, when I was around the speedway more than I'm, I am now. I'm a fan now, uh, or fan uh, also means free agent. <laughs> right. Uh, but, in all, it? <laughs> but in all seriousness, when I was around more, I, you know. I, I, probably because of who I was with when I was at the Speedway, I always I, I found him to be a little shy, certainly. Uh, but I always found Marco to be a pretty nice guy. I, I I didn't I didn't catch that, but I I get it. I do get what you're saying. Um, however, these last few years have have proven that Marco's a race car driver. I mean, he goes out in the yeah. Tony Stewart series and wins the thing. I, well, hey, you know, you know, he you know he, what, he would be what one more of the Go ahead. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He would be one of those storylines when we talked about if we created a show that was just around weird things that happened at the Indianapolis 500. He runs out of gas. Who runs out of gas at the end of the race at the Indianapolis 500? I mean, yeah, not his fault, right. but, you know, it happened. Uh, so, uh, and, and, and it, it's, it, it's sad to say this. Uh, I think that other Andretti members are going to get a 500 win before him. And I'm certainly, when I say that, I'm looking directly in the eyes of Kyle, uh, 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 of uh, Kirkwood. Yeah, Kirkwood. Sorry, Kyle Kirkwood. I don't know where my brain is at today. It's probably still off the track yesterday. I must have left it there. But uh, <laughs> I told you I'm too old to be going to car bay. I'm way too old to be going to car bay. Uh, but I really like him. I think Kyle Kirkwood is the guy. And, of course, Brian Herta is his mentor. And then we got to look at Colton Herta. Those two drivers – are going to get a an Indy 500 win before Marco, and I hate to say this and make this kind of prediction and cast this kind of bad juju. I don't think Marco's ever going to win an Indy 500. Could be wrong. Well, you know, where the the time is obviously, you know, the time is running out. Obviously, uh, however, that race chooses its winners in such odd fashion, doesn't? It? And 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 a lot of times it's a guy. You know, well, to some extent, look at last year, Marcus Harrison. We should have all seen the fact that he had a chance to win right. this race. And we didn't talk about him on the race at all until, like, in the very few laps. <laughs> that's right. That's my point. And what if, I mean, who have we not talked about this much at all? This much, much at all? Marcus. 
not making yeah. a prediction he, he's going to win, but he could. I mean, it would not at all. I mean, It would be a great story if he did. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. And I, I'm not saying he – I'll say this. I won't say he can't win that race tomorrow. Being an, an Andretti Autosport uh, you know, member and, and the fact that the equipment you know is there, he just needs, as you said, needs some luck. Well, well, we'll see what happens. We're moving up to row number seven. Now we get some excitement going on here. Not that the other rows aren't exciting, but, you know, this is where we start looking at things that can really happen. We've got Romain Grosjean, Elio Castaneda. Yep. God, what a great story would that be for him to get number five. Don't want to pass bad juju. He also was on Hinch's uh, podcast yesterday, and, of course, Colton Herta, up and coming. Colton Herta, he's going to be a winner one day. May not be uh, tomorrow, but he is going to be an Indy 500 winner. And well, I predict this too. He's going to be an Indy 500 champion. Colton Herta is in the is row seven, number 21 spot. You know, you, we talked about time running out, and uh, I, I, I don't want to like get weird or anything, but Colton Herta's time could be running out. If he's going to win this race, he better do it this year. Because I, I have a feeling he's going to be busy on Memorial Day next year, and if not next year, the Memorial Day after that, he's going to be a halfway across the world. I, I think yeah, this guy I've is heard the Formula rumors. One driver. Yeah, I think he's going to be a Formula One driver. I think there's just too much smoke to that fire, whether it's next year or the year after. Uh, He's going to be over in Monaco this weekend, and that's going to be very difficult for him to do the 500 going forward. So um, get going while they're going good now. Um, And you're right. I think he has every bit of, oh, my gosh, got all the count in the world. Um, Again, a guy that needs some luck, Elio Castroneves, you know, I, you, you can say this way about this about about what nine or ten drivers in this field. The dude just knows his way around that track. He just knows oh, his he way. Does. And 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 you know, a couple of years ago when he won four, number four, you just you look at it the whole day. I remember I w- we were watching on television because I haven't gone actually in a couple of years. We were watching on television, and I remember saying to somebody in my house, I said, uh, "Elliot's going to win this race," and I wisely got on my sports betting app. And uh, entered my prediction and enjoyed my sizable uh, winnings because I predicted it early enough that that it happened. But you know, I, I don't know. I, it doesn't seem to be the same situation where he has the speed he had a couple of years ago. But again, there's a guy that he knows how to be there at the end. Um, it's a great row, and and, and you talk about rows. Absolutely. Well, row number seven. Now, we got one more row to go, but we've only got just uh, two more minutes here before Tony Donahue joins us, and I know our time with you is going to drop. So we're going to get some important predictions from you before we let you go and we'll let you go with this. Uh, we need to know who's going to be the first car out. Oh, I don't like that one. Oh, I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, being around it so long, I would hate to say, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to save that one for uh for the after party. Yeah, hate to spread that bad juju. All right, who's going I don't to want to put win? that out there. Who's your official who's pick to win, to win yeah. the Indianapolis yeah, 500? Yeah, you know, you know what? There's a guy in this field that probably should have won this race three times already. He's won it once. And uh, he's a wonderful person. I'm sure you've gotten to meet him a few times over the years. But my prediction for tomorrow, and I hope this is a bad juju out there, but it's, it's New Zealand Scott Dixon. I think this is number two for him as his career is on the, the – well, we don't want to wish anybody 
early retirement, yeah. but he's my age, and I can't imagine driving a race car at this point. So, <laughs> um, so but, hey, man, yeah, 40 some. I think Scott Dixon. When you were leading up to that, I've also, yeah, I've met Scott Dixon. Me, he's been on the show. But uh, when you were leading up to that, is Tony Kanaan. Yeah, he should uh, also. You win. know, and, 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 and I tell you time. what, he would not surprise me one bit. And I, and he's, I've, I've wrestled with that prediction um, the last couple of weeks as well because he's listen, another guy that knows his way. And talk about, I'm glad he's won a race because it would have been a shame for Kanaan to have gone his whole career. With the with the accolades and the wonderful driving and just wonderful ambassador to the sport that he is, to have not won. I'm I'm thrilled those drivers have both won one. But yeah, they, I would not be shocked. I, I'll say this: I do predict we're not going to see a first time winner tomorrow. And I know that's kind of like wow because of Polo and Award, and they certainly are capable and and would not shock me at all. But I just have a feeling we're going to see a uh, a past champion uh, taste the milk again. Well, funny, funny story, and we'll let you go with this with Tony Kanaan. When I was early on in covering IndyCar and going to the tracks, I really didn't uh, learn the ropes. I kind of learned it on my own. Um, and yeah. some drivers were really cool, and some uh, others, you know, you just kind of know when to approach him and when not to approach him. Tony Kanaan, very, very approachable. Not to say that he's not, but you've also got to look at what have they been doing on the track. Do you, is that the time to approach him? And I approached Tony Kanaan at Iowa after a very bad practice, a lot of bad stuff going mm. on. Uh, and uh, he was walking back to his hall. I said, hey, Tony, can I talk to you for a few minutes and, and, and let me uh, talk about your day? He goes, well, I don't know that you went through the proper channels, but let me tell you, you need to go through this person, according to his, his, his public relations person. And he goes, get with her and, and we'll talk. And he just walked on past me. Well, she came up to me later on, and she's like, hey, you know, bad day, you know, we'll be glad to. I said, whenever. And so out there on uh, the pit road the next day, the uh, day, of the day of the race, and I just passed Tony Kanaan, didn't say anything. He goes, hey, come here. I, I owe you an apology. Uh, I'll give oh, you a few minutes. Yeah. And he did. And he knew exactly yeah. who I was. I didn't say anything to him. So that, that's my fun uh, Tony Kanaan story. Yeah, and I, and I have some similar moments like that with many guys out there. You know, in my time, um, I always was blessed to be with around, you know, the, the true veterans of of the Speedway. You know, in my time there with, with what I did with 1070 and, and the you know, Network Indiana and stuff. So I, 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 I definitely um, – benefited from having the the right microphone flag if you will <laughs> exactly um, so so but at the same time i've seen that out of you know what i mean if, if you were to really press me and say who's the meanest i can't name i mean they've always all kind and approachable and yeah. sometimes you got to McGram graham last week the lowest of the lows and he still eloquently took the time to express his feelings and i you know jake said this uh, on last monday and i think he's I understood exactly what he's saying. Graham Rahal gained a lot of fans last week, and I'm very happy about that. Cause, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't claim to know Graham, but I've talked to him several times, and sure, a wonderful person, wonderful guy. And I and I I yeah. never caught that that air of arrogance or anything from him, other than you know the fact that he's going to drive a race car 240 miles an hour. That's insane, but just just good. Yeah. All always for the most part, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Just great people out there, and that's what we really hope for is a safe race, everybody to get through uninjured and, 
and no, you know, I'm a big fan, you know, as I get older, no caution. I would love it. I love no caution. That's fantastic. Well, I, I can tell you, and I won't use the word mean, but I can tell you that most anti-media, not going to talk to you person is, but I won't, but she'll be at the race tomorrow. You can figure it out. <laughs> you know what, though? I'll tell you what. Now, again, maybe because of the microphone flag I had. Uh, and I always went through, well, I won't say, I always went through her person, and, and, and my, you know, the, the people I worked with always went through her person. I always had wonderful moments with her. So I, I understand yeah. some people didn't, but I did. I, I will say yeah. I always, she was always very kind to me. In the, you know, our, as I used to put on Facebook, I'm sure, Tom, you'll remember this. I had a wonderful, uh, you know, 30-second conversation. My conversations with all of these drivers would be like, hey, you're, you're on hold, you're going to be on in a few minutes, how thing, you know, and it would be, and they were always so kind to me. They would sure. oftentimes know my name. It was, it was, it was a really, you know, for a kid growing up around here, pretty special. Yeah, great. Absolutely. Matt Hicks, uh, free agent, uh, brings microphone, <laughs> will interview. <laughs> That's right. We love you, you know, coming but, on, brother. You know, I, Never say never is what I say. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We'll, we'll talk with you soon. Happy race day, sir. Hey, happy race day, and uh, thanks, for, thanks for thinking of me today. I appreciate that. You're always welcome. You know that, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Matt Hicks, longtime friend of the show and certainly been a big uh, proponent and been a part of the media. I thought he was a great guy to come on. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. My name is Tom Marquis. We're doing the build of 33. We're going to pick it up with Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast of Burnout Sports right on the other side. We'll be right back. Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I'm seen on the board. Do you guys have Black Rifle Coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's 
fresh roasted, so I don't, I don't you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Indianapolis Speedway is a sentimental place for all its accent on technical excellence and harsh reality. That sentiment was personified by the much admired owner of the track, Tony Holman, who died last autumn. There's been a lot of speculation and some mystery this month as to who would succeed Tony to utter the words, gentlemen, start your engines. New President Joe Cloutier said he would not be the one, but he would not reveal who it would be. Well, most appropriately, it is going to be the widow of Tony Holman, Mary Holman. There's Mrs. Holman now, obviously moved by this moment. Lady, lady and gentlemen, start your Welcome back to the balance. It is uh, May the twenty seventh, Saturday. That means it's one day before one day before the Indianapolis five hundred, the one hundred and seventh running of the Indianapolis five hundred, and we do our annual Field of Three thirty three special. Been talking a lot about the the drama with Graham Rahal here uh, with Matt Hicks. Uh, certainly been around the indie local market for a long time. Great friend of the show. Uh, glad he could join us. But now joining us also is Tony Donahue of the Tony D. Podcast and burnoutsports.com. Certainly a, a, a foremost authority on IndyCar and what's going on this uh, this week. And so we're going to really uh, break down uh, the rows where we're at. Tony, uh, welcome back to the balance of Field of 33. How are you, sir? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, Matt Hicks is one of my favorite human beings of all time. He was one yeah, of he's the great, very he? first people to help me out when I started my radio career. And I always love to hear from Matt. Oh, he's awesome. He's just a, he's been a good, good friend of the show for a long, long time. Uh, so yeah, he's great. Uh, so real quickly, just to, you know, obviously I know it's gobbled up a lot of talk time, but we want to give everybody a little, uh, a few moments to talk about obviously the uh, Graham Ray Hall getting bumped, uh, the, the life being sucked out of him. You could tell, I mean, we, me and Matt and I were just talking about, it. we think he gained a lot of fans last Sunday. Uh, just what a class act he was. And then the, Issue happened where the wreck happened with uh, Stefan Wilson and, and Catherine Leggy. Unfortunate for uh, Stefan, he's not going to be able to make it because of a broken back. Catherine Leggy does able to get back to the car. They made the decision, and there was a lot of people that they talked to or talked about, uh, J.R. Hillebrand, Sage Karam, and even James Hinchcliffe, over to, uh, a Honda driver. Hinchcliffe said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it. But basically, at the end of the day, it, it took you know uh, Chevy every bit of 30 seconds, if you will, to say, hey, you know, yes, we'll take Graham Ray Hall. And, but the, the, the downside of that is they take Graham Ray Hall, but it's all of, uh, of uh, uh, Stephon Wilson's 
team, his father and so forth. So a lot to get used to. I think they gave him a little bit of time on Thursday or Friday. You might know better than I do to kind of get used to, to things. Uh, but so get, give you a, a few seconds here to talk about Graham Ray Hall and his uh, up in and out type of, of thing. And, and, and certainly I think Mindy Carr and everybody around made a good decision of letting Graham in the race. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a lot that went into it, <clears throat> um, you know, overnight on Sunday uh, of, of what, you know, what Graham, you know, that's where you kind of got to start, what Graham was going through, what the what the emotions were, and then, you know, you wake up Monday, you still got to go to the racetrack, try to represent your sponsors as best as you can, and then obviously the wreck with Catherine Legg and Steph Wilson happens, and unfortunately Steph Wilson uh, breaks a vertebrae in his back and isn't able to compete, and you know, kind of talked about a few different things and what, what what the options were, but you know, the best option was Graham Rahal and a guy that um, you know has similar high similar build to Steph Wilson and is also somebody that you know has been out in those practice sessions, has been out in in in, in these cars this year, and I thought that was huge going forward because you just you know, I mean, Jared Hildebrand, one of the smartest drivers in in, in the paddock, and and and, and even the Sage Carum. James Hinchcliffe. I mean, those guys just haven't been in the race car for over a year. Uh, so, to, so Graham was the best option, just knowing that um, you know he had been out there in the pack, he had been practicing all week. Um, they had an okay race pace uh, when they were in practice mode last week. They just didn't have the qualifying speed. So uh, he ends up getting in. Um, I mean, I, I don't mind the decision. I like Graham Ray Hall. I wish it was under better circumstances because I am a big Steph Wilson mm-hmm. fan. But uh, you know, if yeah. you you get in how you get in and, and I know he'll be racing for Steph and he'll be racing in the memory yeah. of Justin Wilson, as we know, who used to be teammates Absolutely. with Graham Ray Hall. And we remember what Graham yeah. did um, for, for Justin's family whenever he passed away, right. you know, doing the auctions and raising money and sending his stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, was, was, was super, super excited to see that, it, you know, even if Steph Wilson couldn't make it to the field, that it was going to be Graham to step in and, and, and Graham graciously doing so. So, uh, he's going to be faster than his Ray Hall, than his quote unquote Ray Hall, let him in landing and racing teammates. So we'll see if he blows by him starting 33rd. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they, that whole team is that this kind of had a dark month in the month of May. And yesterday, were you out at, at Card Day yesterday? Tony, are you there? Yeah, I got you. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm sorry. Were you out at Card Day yesterday? Yeah, I was, yeah. Well, Catherine Leggy didn't. She stalled on the track, didn't she? During practice, didn't didn't I see that right? Yeah, they had a loose wheel, and then two of the Andretti cars had right rear tires go down, which you rarely yeah. see. The Firestone compounds are so good, you rarely see that. And um, man, no, it was just tough. It was just a it was a weird day, so to speak, at Carb Day. But uh, overall, it's, outside of that wreck on Monday, it's been a really, really clean month so far. And uh, we'll, I think, we'll see yeah. a clean race coming up. Well, I had a fun day at Carb Day yesterday. I went as a fan, and I I can tell you Father Time takes no friends. I am getting way too old to go out there and party on Carb Day, Tony. I'm just saying. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. And, and you know, I, I don't know when the last time was so, so, so many people out there on Carb Day, so that's great. So let's uh, we left off at row seven. Uh, we, we, we talked about Romain Grosjean, Elio Casanevas, Colton Herta. Kind of talked about, hey, Colton Herta has got to do his thing because – Rumor has it, you might know more to it than I do, but he's going to be going across the world to Formula One racing, and good for him. Uh, but, you know, and then we talked a little bit about Marco Mandretti. You tweeted out about his car accident. Uh, you said he's okay. Any any ramifications for that for tomorrow? 
Nope, he should be all good. Uh, yeah, Colt, I mean, Colton Hurd is a guy that, you know, IndyCar circles have kind of been discussing. This is one of the top paid talents in IndyCar right now. Gamebridge has, has stepped up. Their funding has, has put money behind him. And, you know, in IndyCar, they want to see him have results. And he hasn't won a race since last year's Grand Prix at the Speedway back in May. And he, he's just – he hasn't been this mega-talented superstar driver that we thought that he was going to be. Um, and it's just it, – it, he hasn't been able to put it together at Indy. He hasn't really had that great of a finish. Obviously, last year was not a good year. Wrecking on car day kind of ruined that race car. So, um, just, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough for a guy like him. Um, and he starts in the middle of the field. That's going to be even tougher. Well, let's, uh, we're, we've left off at row seven. We're picking up with you at row six. We've got Connor Daly, obviously a local favorite, part of Ed Carpenter Racing, part of the family. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, uh, Andretti, uh, certainly has had his acclimates in IndyCar, but has not yet got to drink the milk. This could be a good year for him. I don't know. Uh, Ryan hunter Ray. Uh, rounds up row six in, in the 18th position, and he qualified at 232.133. Connor Daly, let's talk a little bit about him. Obviously, local favorite. Um, how's he related to Ed Carpenter? Is he like their half-brothers or something like that? Because Connor is Doug uh, Bull's stepson, I know. Uh, yeah, there's no relation between them, just boss and driver. Connor is the stepson of Doug oh, okay. Bowles and Ed's son of Tony George, uh, they're not related. That's Tony what it was is. And Doug Bowles was the president. You know, Connor had pretty good speed on Monday and yesterday, yesterday in practice and traffic. I don't think that they had the greatest of qualifying draw, which may have cost him four to five spots. I think he's got a top ten worthy car. And we've seen over the last couple of years, he's been able to, to maneuver his way up and, um, and, and, and lead some laps. So uh, he had his best 500 last year. I believe he finished sixth. He's improved over the last couple of years, and when I talked to him the other night, uh, he said, look, I uh, have a really good race car, and I think we can make our way up towards the front, and I think he'll do that. So is it safe to say that Connor Daly is an IndyCar driver and not a NASCAR driver? <laughs> I think he was trying to well, find his it, way there for a bit. Yeah, I, I, I think you, you go and try different disciplines when you get a chance to, because you probably don't get that chance to do that that often. Um but, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's a free agent next year. We'll see where he ends up. But I think that, um, you know, I think that there's a, a really good chance that that he, um, you know, may have a little bit of an NASCAR future, but he wants to stay in IndyCar, that's for sure. Well, I love to watch him. He's, he's great, and he's great for the sport. Um, uh, that's, that's for sure. So, um, out of that row, who are you going to look for the most – action out of because that's an exciting role and you obviously can't ever rule out joseph newgarden as he is very 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 experienced at that track um out of that row who do you think that we need to keep our eye on if anybody for i think matter? i think ryan hunter ray is a um i think ryan hunter ray is a, is a good dark horse there i mean he's he's a guy who's fast he knows how to win here that dry and Ryan Bull team's really good it's probably the best of like the one-off cars of the drivers that are just running indianapolis 500 and I think we might be talking about him towards the end of the day tomorrow if he can keep it clean and have good pit stops. So Matt and I were talking about last year, the winner was somebody we hadn't talked about all day long. If we were to use that same uh, formula for tomorrow, what driver do you think will end up on the podium that we hadn't talked about all day long? Uh, That's a really good question. Uh, I think it's going to be tough. Um, but I, and I know that he's starting on the front row, and maybe we're not talking enough about him. But 
I think there's there's not been a lot of talk about Felix Rosenquist keeping that thing up front, starting from the third spot. I think no. he'll be able to. Um, and I think he might be there towards the end of the day. He's a guy kind of waiting for his moment. You know, he, he's, he's qualified up front in a few races. He qualified on the pole of Texas, but couldn't parlay that into any kind of finish. So uh, we're still seeing yeah. if he can finish out right I, I like Felix. Uh, he won his first race in Indy at, at the Grand Prix. So, you know, he certainly has won there at Indy. Uh, so I, I do like Felix. That's a, that's a, that's a good good thing. Row five, uh, and that's Ed Carpenter. Uh, again, local favorite, always uh, been at the front. He just has not been able to drink the milk yet. Scott McLaughlin like him a lot. on the show before i'm not saying he's going to win tomorrow but i'm saying that he is going to win at some point kyle kirkwood is the real deal i think we lost uh we lost tony (laughs) he just he just disappeared on us so we'll effort to get him back must be having some gremlins in his phone Okay, not sure exactly what's going on there with Tony, uh, but uh, we'll <laughs> we're going to effort to to uh, to get him back. Um, I think he's getting ready to call us back, so <laughs> we'll we'll put it on. So we're trying to get him back on the phone here. He's like, I lost you. You were gone. So we're efforting to get him back on. Efforting is that famous radio word that we use, and we're trying to fix a problem on the fly, if you will. This is the field of 33. Uh, we kind of lost Tony here, uh, and we're going to we're going to try to get him back. But we do going to have to move forward here. Ed Carpenter, uh, certainly a fan favorite, is Scott McLaughlin and Kyle Kirkwood. I really do like Kyle Kirkwood. Uh, certainly winning his first race uh, with IndyCar out in uh, California uh, at Long Beach. Uh, uh, and, and, and he's won at every level. Uh, Kyle, uh, I mean, he is he's the real deal. He's the real, real deal. Can I say that word? Is it a real, real deal? He's the real, real deal. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, a very exciting row, row five. I mean, I, how cool would that be to see Ed Carpenter drink the milk at the Indianapolis 500? I mean, local favorite, and we got Tony Donahue back. Tony, can you hear me now? Yeah, sorry about that. You cut off. Didn't hear you for a minute there. So, I thought maybe you were going under the tunnel or something. <laughs> oh, no. It's all good. It, it, it's all good. I, it really, uh, we were just kind of finishing up there with Kyle Kirkwood. I just said he's the real deal. I like Kyle Kirkwood. He's run, he's run on every level. I really, he's my new fan favorite, if you will. And and uh, he's, he's he's becoming a fan favorite. Uh, so, row five, Ed Carpenter, Scott McLaughlin, and Kyle Kirkwood, what say you? That's a really good row. I think they're all going to pounce on Benjamin Peterson early tomorrow, who starts right in front of them. McLaughlin hasn't had the best 500, but we know that Team Penske's trying to bounce back 
Ed Carpenter is going to be there. And I think Kyle Kirkwood's a guy that people aren't talking about. If he can keep it clean and keep it in the top ten, I think he could be there towards the end of the towards the end of the day. So uh, Kirkwood's a guy that you know he's got a much faster, better car than he had last year as a rookie. So um, you know, as, as we talked about a few weeks ago, he's won at Long Beach. He knows how to finish a race now. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see if he can keep that thing clean. I mean, you know, we talk about perfect pit stops and having a perfect day. It really starts with not, um, you know, not getting caught up in somebody else's mess and not, not getting yourself in a position that you don't want to be in. So let me backtrack a little bit. We talked about Marco in the, in the uh, last segment with uh, uh, Matt and talking about Marco really being a talented driver. He's just the, he's kind of had that dark cloud at the Indianapolis 500. A lot of things, a lot of quirky things that happen. May and Matt said, hey, we should do a show of quirky things that happen on the Indianapolis 500. One of the things that happened to him a few years back, he runs out of fuel. And, you know, that just little things like that have happened with Marco. Um, Marco thought he had a really fast car. Um, I, I know you're kind of in the know with Andretti's there, but uh, what do you, who, who wins an Indy 500 first? Marco, Colton, or Kyle? Um, I mean, if you made me pick one, it would probably be Kyle. Colton just hasn't been able to put races together. Kyle can be quick, and I just don't ever think Marco's going to win. I mean, what is this? We're going on almost 20 years since he was 18 years old and got passed you know, down the straightaway. So, um, you know, I, mean, I think Kyle's got a really good chance. And I think you got to go with Kyle, right? Because Marco, you're not going to win as a one-off. That's tough to do. Um, and then, you know, Colton Herta, will he even be in the Indianapolis 500 in two years? So uh, give me Kyle Kirkwood just on the fact that I think uh, he's got he's got more starts ahead of him than, than, than those other two drivers. Well, I know we only got you here for a few more minutes. We're going to go into row four. Uh, Derek Schultz is going to be joining us here at 1030 to help us finish things off. I know you know him as well. Uh, but it's row four, Marcus Erickson. Uh, obviously, he's in the Honda 232.889. Benjamin Peterson, I like this driver. I was really impressed with him in practice, really been impri- uh, impressed with him overall in the month of May. And, of course, Will Power. Everybody loves Will Power, 232.635. And, you know, he's had a great story on 100 Days to May. That's a great storyline that they did with his, his wife being sick. It's just a real getting to know Will Power on a personal level. And he's always been approachable by fans. He's, he's a fan favorite out there. Uh, he's won before, but, you know, willpower. I mean, come on, he's willpower. But that's row four for you. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, power was super fast in practice yesterday and on Monday. He was making moves. He was getting around different drivers. He was making passes. Uh, I've liked what I've seen so far out of him. Um, you know, I don't know if Benjamin Peterson's going to gonna keep it up keep it up in that top 15. I could see him getting pounced early on and, and moving back to the field. Um, but, yeah, I do really like what, what we saw out of Will Power so far. He's, he's a driver that was really good in practice, maybe didn't get the best qualifying run uh, with the draw, but, but certainly is somebody that I think is going to move up towards the field. Uh, and you certainly can't rule him out, that, that's for sure. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll go into uh, – we'll start row three. Alexander Rossi, Tomoko Soto, God, he's been fast out of the track. Got to love and root for Tony Kanaan. Final Indianapolis 500. Let's pause there. Talk a little bit about Tony Kanaan as the, the driver, as the as the fan favorite. He has just really been that. And and you know what? A great uh, tribute that he a track a letter that he wrote to the track and to the fans. What a great presentation that was that was put out on social media. So let's talk a little bit about Tony Kanaan, and we'll get into the row uh, three here. Yeah, I think with. Um... 
with with, with TK. I, I keep seeing him, and I keep saying, I don't believe this is your last one. I think if you go out and have a good run, or you finish top three, or if you even win, um, I think we're, we might see him back. But, no, if this is his last one, what a career it's been. Uh, I talked to him at Rev at the beginning of the month and, and just said, hey, man, like, what are you going to do a little bit different this year? And he goes, I think I'm just going to take it all in, enjoy it, spend as much time at the track. You know, sometimes you can get going in a lot of different sponsorship directions, and you got to go here and there, and you kind of forget to look up sometimes. So I, I hope he's enjoyed it, and I hope that if this is his last 500, that he keeps that, that beautiful-looking black and orange number 66 Chevy up towards the front. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be exciting. And I honestly do, and, and, and even if this wasn't his first year, I mean his first year, his last year, he would do well at the Indianapolis uh, 500. How fast is Soda this year? Is he going to get another Indianapolis 500 win? Got a chance to win this thing. I think he's going to be up there. If he can keep it clean, it's a really good car. Same car that Kanan ran to a third place finish last year, and I think uh, Sato is certainly going to be a factor coming up on 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 Sunday afternoon. So is Marcus Erickson. And really, if you're going to win this race, you're going to have to go Ganassi Racing in those four cars. So uh, we'll let you go with this. We got some important questions to ask you. Who's going to be the first car out? Give me uh, Augustine Canapino. Augustine Canapino. I actually got the name right right after I heard you say it. So there we go. And who is going to win the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500? Your official fixer. Takuma Sato. Takuma Sato. And I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I couldn't even put up an argument if I had to on uh, yep. on that pick. That'd be great. That'd be great. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast at BurnoutSports.com. I'm going to ask you the obvious question, but what are you guys working on this week? Yeah, check out the, the Fans Place app. It's a free sports prediction app here locally that we create, and we have some awesome Indy 500 prizes to come. Looking forward to it. Tony, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we look at, forward to having a great race. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Tony. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com joins us, and we are ready to get things rolling here with row two and row one, and we're going to be back on the other side with Derek Schultz, very good friend of the show, and looking forward to having him on. 917-889-15 is our digits. This is the Fiddle 33. We'll be right back on the Balance Radio Network. I am National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. 
with over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Indianapolis Speedway is a sentimental place for all its accent on technical excellence and harsh reality. That sentiment was personified by the much-admired owner of the track, Tony Holman, who died last autumn. There's been a lot of speculation and some mystery this month as to who would succeed Tony to utter the words, gentlemen, start your engines. New president Joe Cloutier said he would not be the one, but he would not reveal who it would be. Well, most appropriately, it is going to be the widow of Tony Holman, Mary Holman. There's Mrs. Holman now, obviously moved by this moment. Lady, lady and gentlemen, start your engines. <laughs> Welcome back to The Balance. Thank you, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast at BurnoutSports.com. And also Matt Hicks, longtime friend of the show, uh, been a part of the indie media for a long time, uh, joined us to help us break down the field of 33. Tomorrow is the big race right here in Indianapolis at 16th and Georgetown, about 10 minutes from where we're located high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. Joining us now is Derek Schultz, another longtime uh, friend of the show, uh, certainly a local indie celebrity and in in, by all accounts. And, you know, if you saw him out of the track on Carb Day yesterday, you would have thought you were looking at a very short, short Burt Reynolds. Uh, Derek Schultz, how are you, sir? Welcome back to the balance. Tom, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. I love the stash, man. I, we're going to get this stash up on social media here in just a minute. But you told me a fun story about it. What it what, so, I don't, so I don't get it wrong. I know it's some college buddies of yours, but you guys just decided randomly one year to start growing mustaches? What's, what's the story there? So uh, I, I guess this would have been my first experience in the 500 would have been when I was at um, – I, I came out uh, – I grew up in Connecticut, and I came out with my dad when I was in high school. Um, so that would have been the race in 2000, 
um, the Juan Pablo Montoya win, uh, the first Juan Pablo Montoya win, I guess I should say, didn't come back out again until I was a uh, junior at IU. And, you know, for me, uh, none of my friends back east watched it. It, it. You know, the Indy 500 just didn't really have relevance uh, in, in the Northeast, like mm-hmm. certainly not like it does have, has here. But my dad being an Indiana native, he watched it all the time. He always get tickets just in case we might end up going out. So he gave me his sports tickets and, I had a couple of roommates from Lebanon and they all camped out for the race. And they're like, Hey, let's go to the Coke club and camp out. And the idea then this would have been in 2003 um, was to, you know, kind of look as trashy as possible. Jean shorts uh, cut off <laughs> and, and let's all let's grow it. mustaches. So we started doing that, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, man, it's been 20 years and you know, we're, we're hitting 40 now. And uh, <laughs> I think I'm the only one that's still doing it. <laughs> so, this, this may be I love the last it. appearance of the mustache outside of maybe special occasions. We'll see. I, I love it. Melissa's getting it up on social media. We're going to, we're going to put it down as our daily poll. Yeah. Should, uh, should, uh, Derek Schultz continue the tradition of the, of the Indy 500 stash. I love it. And you know what? You, huh. you, you, uh, indicated on something very, very, very real on why the Indianapolis 500 is so smart. People say, you know, you know I, I, I work for a company, I won't say their name, but I work for a company. I know you know who I work for. But I, I work. I handle the Northeast, Boston, and New York City, actually. And you know, my the reps that I work with out there, they're like, you know, Formula One, okay, but the Indy 500, I don't get it. But it is very regionalized, but it's not because it's very international. I mean, maybe next to Formula One, Indy Car is right there. But I, in my opinion, as a fan, I watch way more Indy Car than I do Formula One. Um, but nonetheless, Formula One obviously is is, is a great. Uh, there's something about the ovals though that I think maybe just get to me as well. And again, that's just my history here at the Indianapolis 500. But it is a special place. You know, everybody has a special man. We're always out at Turn Four. I've been going since a kid. I know I've been going since a little kid. I used to come with my grandpa when that was back when they called it time trials. And I'm I'm old. But I also have very vivid memories just growing up and doing different things as I grew up. And, yes, I have some uh, Coke lot memories and should not be sharing them on this show. So, nonetheless, <laughs> there's a reason huh. they closed down the Coke lot, uh, Derek. There's a reason. Uh, but uh, I saw – and the card day is great. I went out there as a fan yesterday. I'm getting way too old. You, you're in your 40s. I'm in my 50s. I, I just like – I'm feeling it today, brother. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But it was a great day. I mean, it was fun seeing all the fans together. But there is something special about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that it just has generations after generations after generations. And if you look at the bricks around the property where it says this is my 30th Indy 500, or you know, this is my fifth Indy, whatever it is, um, it it is that. What is your thought about? The Indianapolis Motor Speedway, what makes that place so special? What makes the Indiana Indianapolis 500 such a special place? Well, I think really what makes it so special here, I mean, we could talk about why it's special nationally or internationally because of the historic nature of the race and the magnitude of what it means to win it and putting your name in the record books. But I think really what makes Indy special for the people here is that it's just this like civic event, uh, it's part of the social fiber uh, if you're an Indianapolis resident. And you, you don't even have to – you might not be able to pick, pick Alex Pillow out of a police lineup, but that doesn't mean that the Indianapolis 500 doesn't have some sort of an impact on your life. And, and you know, I'm talking everything from going to 
50 or 50, 500 this Sunday and four generations of your family have all had the same seats. You know, you, you have that type of race fan, but you also have a 32 year old mom somewhere on the North side that puts a checkered flag in her, you know, uh, bouquet of pansies that are outside her house. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like everywhere it has some sort of an impact or an effect, I think uh, on people in the city. And I think what, what's kind of cool about this new age is that, you know, we were building towards the 100th for so long. And I, I think the, the I, I had this fear, and I think some other people had this fear that people were just going to build towards the 100th, and then we'd reach this crescendo, and then it would just be sliding after that, like kind of go downhill and, and be back to where it was, you know, 20 years ago when I was going out there because we were seven, eight years into the split at that point, And, you know, it, there were like five drivers, five, six drivers in the entire race who really had a, a legitimate shot of winning the thing. Um, the Indy 500 was not in a good place 20 years ago. Um, the Indy 500 wasn't in a, in a very good place 15 years ago. Um, and now we're seven years past the 100th, and we're darn near going to reach a sellout on Sunday. You had a record crowd for Carb Day outside of, obviously, 2016, um, at least in recent history. You had, uh, you know, you broke decades-long records for crowds on Fast Friday and for quals. Um, I just think the race, it, it was fading for a while in relevance. Even here in Indianapolis, it was fading because of the, the hurt feelings from the split and open and wheel not being able to figure it out. And, right. you know, the George family ownership, there were politics. We, we don't have time to get into all of the things that, that caused kind of the downfall of the 500. But uh, what I'm so pleased by is that I, I feel like the uh, the cultural significance of the race is, is actually increasing again. It's not fading. Now, look, it's not 1987 anymore. It probably won't ever be. Like, I don't think this race will ever reach what it meant to people here uh, 35, 40 years ago. But I, I think we're just in a really good place with where it is right now. I couldn't agree. Like I said, I was out there yesterday at uh, the Carb Day, had a blast out there. I mean, just hung out there all day long, and uh, it's so much fun. And, and the Pit Stop Challenge, exciting to see Scott Dixon win that yet again, and Will Power to be uh, in the mix there. That was, a, that was a pretty exciting Pit Stop Challenge. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. Of course, practice was good. Alex, we'll talk about him in a minute. Alex Flo was certainly one of the fastest in practice. Catherine Leggy, though, had an issue with it. Some tires, Andretti had some issues with some uh, tire issues. Uh, but, you know, it was just a great, exciting, uh, exciting uh, carb day as well as pole day last week. And we'll backtrack a little bit here. Um, we're talking w- with Derek Schultz. Uh, are you, you're, you're ahead of me, the relations at Purdue. Am I correct on that? Did I get that right? If not, please correct uh, I'm not the head of it. <laughs> I'm on the team. We got a, a big team over at okay. Purdue. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm part of the team there. Great to see you there, man. You, you you certainly, as you talked to me yesterday, you're like, you know, you're teaching young 20-year-old youths to be you. And I, I love it, man. You you have just been a, a great staple here in Indianapolis as far as the uh, what media means. And you mentioned you're from the Northeast, but you graduated from IU, as did I. You know, and you've made Indiana your home. And so you did a great job here. So so good for you, man. Really excited for you. You had a guest out um on uh, the show with Derek and, and Kevin yesterday uh, about the, and I didn't know there was such a thing. So maybe I'll give you a chance to do a little free commercial here. Uh, I guess IUPUI or Purdue has a uh, school dedicated to uh, mobile, I mean, race car engineering. And a lot of race teams are graduates of that. So maybe I tell a little bit about that. Obviously there's young drivers and 
lot of reasons that people go to Purdue is to become engineers. So it's a great, great field to get into, one you don't think about. So maybe talk with us a little bit about that option. Yeah, so what it is, and, and thanks for allowing me to do that, Tom. Um, so what it is is sure. IEPUI is transitioning where the IU portions of IEPUI are, are going over to IU and the Purdue portions of IEPUI are going to Purdue. And so this is a, uh, a two, three-year process here that we're hoping to get completed in the, by the fall of 2024, where uh, Purdue in Indianapolis is going to be an extension of the West Lafayette campus and a new standalone university. So this is not a satellite campus for Purdue. Um, this is a extension of West Lafayette. Um, and it's going to have, uh, hopefully, the same academic rigor uh, somewhere down the line that our, uh, obviously our well-respected campus in West Lafayette has, but uh, Purdue's going to want to increase their uh, presence in the capital city of the state and, and help feed uh, all of our great graduates from all of our programs uh, in Indianapolis and, and keep them within the state's borders. Um, the motorsports program at what used to be IEPUI, which is transitioning to Purdue Indy, um, has been around since 2008. It's been accredited since 2014. And we had students or graduates from the Purdue Indy program on 32 of the 33 car field last year. Um, That's awesome. On Chip Ganassi Racing alone, we had 11 students and graduates. So it, it's everyone from the internship program at Hunkos Racing um, to uh, Angela Ashmore, who was a, uh, a, a, an engineer for um, Marcus Erickson's winning car, Rebecca Hutton, who's a sim engineer, uh, who's a Purdue Indy grad uh, for, for Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, Sean Larson with Ray Hall Letterman. Um, we, we just have people all over the paddock and all over the garages out there. So it's neat. It's the only motorsports engineering undergraduate program that's accredited in the entire country. There are a couple that are, are international. One of mine, and, you know, it's, it's located fewer than five miles away from the Speedway. So um, kind of a cool deal that, that it's created that much of a pipeline and we're really excited about Purdue to uh, continue to promote that program and, and I think make it one of the, uh, the feature elements of what's going to become the new Purdue in Indianapolis. Well, I love it, man. That's a great story. And uh, certainly Purdue's uh, attached to a lot when it comes to engineering. So to have them a uh, part of these race teams is, is exciting. Well, let's go ahead and get, we lost, we left off at road two. Uh, what a great qualifying weekend it was. I gave everybody a chance to give a, 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 a few seconds here to talk about the Graham Rahal story. Obviously it sucked the story out. It's a storyline. There's a lot of storylines to talk about, but it's certainly been the biggest. And last week, what a, why was that at poll day? It was like, man, Graham Rahal's in, number 33, great. Glad he didn't get bumped. And then right at the end, his teammate comes in by a tenth of a second or whatever it was. Unbelievable. And in his last laps, time was running. It was like seconds left in the laps that he could qualify for. They ended up uh, uh, get, getting a little gas out and releasing some tires, I believe, um, to get him in there. And uh, 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 Jack Harvey later on on Twitter, and I won't use the exact verbiage, he says, but he said, a good thing that I took a S uh, or number two or a deuce, if you will, or we would have never got into the race. It was that close. That's how close it was. Uh, and so, but it was heartbreaking for Graham Rahal. Obviously, very great, well-known driver. Certainly, his father was well-known, happened to his father. He had got, I think he earned a lot of fans last week and how he handled it all. Uh, but uh, just, you know, it happened. For, he's like, so I'm to the point of acceptance and you're, you know, you got to go to the track. It's all about business sponsors working with the team. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, it, you know, Catherine Leggy, great race car driver. Can't say anything about her. She's been in sports cars for the last 10 years. She comes back to the Indianapolis 500. Really exciting to see her to be a, a part of Ray Hall, Letterman, Legeman. 
that team's kind of had a dark cloud over the month of May as a whole, uh, and she just kind of had some some issues as well. But she uh, inadvertently checked down and didn't see oncoming traffic. She's still getting used to the halo, and again, that storyline can go 360 degrees if the halo is there because of uh, Stefan's brother. Uh, so that wreck happened, and then you know I heard it, it took. Uh, Chevy, every bit of 30 seconds to say, yeah, you're, you're on board, uh, Graham. Well, the problem is, and where it could be problematic, he's never driven a Chevy before. He's only been in Honda. It's going to be Stefan's team that's on the track with him, including his sponsor. So what are your thoughts about this storyline with Graham Rahal, uh, Catherine Leggy, and, and Stefan Wilson? Obviously, Stefan Wilson, class act. He's really – Blue collared his way up to the Indy 500. He's a one-off driver at this point, so uh, I hope he gets back. I think he'll he'll get back in a full-time series at some point, but just unfortunate uh, course of events. And Graham Graham's in. He's out. He's in. And so really, you were talking about old school uh, Indy 500, but really made fans love it. That was part of it. Was the real bump day? Go ahead, sir. Yeah, let's start with. Um... Let's start with Steph. Obviously, you hate it for him, um, for anybody to, to qualify, and they're in the show, and then suddenly, because of those circumstances, they're, they're no longer able to race. So um, it's, it's a really unfortunate thing. But he's a great guy, and somebody that fans, I think, have gotten to know from his experience, not only his ties to his brother, his late great brother in, in Justin, but um, just what, what his, the impact that he's made um, on a singular basis. I don't think we're talking about what a great story it was for Catherine Legg to come in here and not only qualify, but be the fastest on a team with three other full-time cars. Um, you know, it's no secret that Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, and just something, something was off the entire month. They just, uh, they were not able to figure it out. Um, they were not up to speed. Uh, and they, you know, when, when you have uh, four cars for this race and they qualify in the final um, five they were the five slowest qualifiers. In fact, Reynolds didn't even qualify, as you mentioned. That's um, that's that's embarrassing for for Bobby and, and that team to uh, to have that kind of effort. And um, hopefully they're better in traffic and, and on race day. And I think they will be. But um, clearly something was wrong for them qualifying. We've seen other teams struggle. Andretti has struggled qualifying wise um, out here. No, no one has struggled like that. Not not one of the the full time teams like the the RLL crew. Um, for Graham, it's great. It's a win for both sides. I think it's a win for for DNR. It's a win for um, obviously, it's a win for Ray Hall um, to have their most prominent driver in the show, even if he's in a different car. And, you know, the clock is, uh, I don't want to say it's running out necessarily, but clearly, you know, Graham is on what would be considered the, the downside of, of his career. He's on the other side of it. Um, yeah. I, I think whatever he could do in IndyCar, um, it, it, it's probably out the window now, and he's had a nice career. Um, you know, certainly he's had a, a better career than some of the others that have come in with a lot of fanfare, like Marco Andretti. He's a, a far more competitive and, and yeah. uh, accomplished mm-hmm. driver uh, than Marco was. And, and, Tom, I'm not trying to make this like, a, hey, let's knock this guy to bring up – I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying that yeah. there's a lot of pressure on Graham Ray Hall to, uh, to get out there and perform because of his dad's legacy and because of the, the, the banner that he carries for that team. Um, and he's now, I don't want to say elder statesman, but um, he's one of the veterans of the series and one of the most prominent faces. And whether you like, like Graham, you don't like Graham. um, I do think that a lot of the people that don't like Graham um, have kind of come around that, you know, it's not that he's arrogant. I've I've never gotten that vibe at all. Um, I think Graham's just honest. (laughs) And that, uh, that that sometimes rubs people the wrong way when somebody is, is honest, you know, Graham's going to tell you exactly what he thinks. Um, And, 
some people like that. Some people don't like that. So you either kind of take it or leave it. But I agree with you. I, I think the way that he handled it with the ultimate class, um, you know, I, I don't know if the Graham Ray Hall of 10, 12 years ago handles it the same way. I, I think a lot of that comes with his experience in the series and going through the ups and downs and this, this roller coaster ride that has been his career. But um, I always root for Graham. I, I like him personally. Um, and I think he's a very talented guy. And um, it, it just wouldn't quite be the same. Yeah, the 500 is still the 500. It's bigger than any one driver. But it wouldn't quite be the same without him out there on Sunday. So I'm glad they were able to work it out, even though obviously the circumstances, you, you never want to see a wreck and, and somebody get, uh, get punted from the race because of an injury. No, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, so a good story to good story to follow. Well, if, if there is a silver lining, I guess for Graham, the car qual- qualified at 25th. So he, he might he might do better in the 500 than his other la- Letterman uh, teammates. So uh, you know, for him that might be a good one. So we've been talking. Uh, this is the Road 33, our annual special. We do this every year. Always glad to have uh, Derek on, and uh, we've we've gotten all the way up to row number two uh, and talked about all the storylines that have happened, and when we're talking talked about Elio, we've talked about Tony, we, so we've talked about everybody, but you know, we kind of mentioned about the young and the old and the veterans and on the downside of the career, the oldest, if you want to use that word, or the longest term in the, in the thing in, in the two rows is obviously Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon is a, a, a pinnacle. You want to see him win a number two, but you also want to see a Tony Kanaan win a number two. What we do know about Tony and TK, this is his last year supposedly air quotes uh but scott dixon uh he qualifies and so we'll start here with row two we're in row two scott dixon he qualified 233.151 pottle award certainly one of the fastest in practice yesterday and one to keep his eye on he may not win this year he's going to win an indy 500 uh at 233.158 and here's another thing that the by not intentional, I'm sure, but the great, another great storyline of qualifying was A.J. Foyt having some fast time, fast 12 drivers. We've not been able to talk about that for a while, uh, but we we, had, we can talk about that this year. And Santonio Ferrucci uh, being a part of, of that uh, storyline, 233.798. That's your row two. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your takeaways from row two? Yeah, it's wild that, um, you know, you talk about the Foyt cars with, with Peterson and uh, Santino Ferrucci, mm-hmm. they, they both made the Fast 12. Um, as much as everyone loves AJ over there, um, that racing team has not been relevant or been a factor in the 500 in 20-plus years. I mean, you got to go back to, like, Kenny Breck and, you know, the late 90s and the very early 2000s, the last time that AJ Foyt racing produced uh, cars that were capable of, of winning this race. So um, kudos to them. And it just shows where we are with the the entire series right now. I mean, you go up and down the path, man. Every, every, everybody's quick. Everybody's talented. It, it, it's just crazy um, the amount of competition and, and the level of uh, of expertise on on the teams and and when it comes to the drivers as well. Um, yeah, I, I think Road Two is an interesting one because you may have pegged, pegged Pato and, and Dixon to be up there, but you would not have done that with Ferrucci who's performed well here. Um, I think he was the best rookie finisher, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of years ago uh, during his first outing at Indy. And, and no one has, has ever questioned his talent. He had some issues and um, some decisions that uh, I think he wishes he could take back from earlier in his career that, that have kind of stuck with him from a reputation standpoint. But, you know, clearly he's a, a very talented driver. 
And if Pato doesn't win this race, it's because Pato then moves on to F1 or somewhere else. <laughs> you know, he, he's too good yeah. probably to not eventually win this race. And Dixon's always a threat. Um, he, he had everything go wrong for him on race day last year. Um, but I, I think he is still, even if we're, we're starting to um, kind of go on the other side of the peak here for Scott Dixon, and the talent level in the series is just night and day from when he started, you know, 18, 19 years ago. Um, he's always a threat to win this race. So I, I think I think you have two real – I would even put them in the favorites category. I'd I put Pato and Dixon up there with Palo, um and Rossi and Sato and, and, and Erickson as, as the drivers, the, the handful of drivers that you would consider the favorites. And I'm not ruling out Ferrucci. I, I think Ferrucci would have to have um, some things go his way. But, you know, if Ferrucci and the AJ Foyt cars were starting in row nine and row ten, I, I wouldn't even be thinking about them on race day. So just the fact that they're quick, I think, at least puts them in the mix for, hey, if everything goes right, then sure, uh, th- this car can contend for the win. Well, you got to say something about Ferrucci's hair. So, yeah. So we, we, we threw oh, that right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's from Connecticut. I, I, I love he's, he's a Connecticut Hey, guy. that's right. He's, like yeah, he's from Connecticut. Yeah. I forgot about that. So, uh, you know, and, and I'll, I'm trying to find the stat. Melissa's looking forward to for me now. But last week when we talked about Graham uh, Bumpin, just talking about the speeds, you know, he could have been on pole in like 1999 or something at that speed that he got bumped on. And it's crazy that we're, that our pole was a P1 at 234.217. Now, that's great. That's fast. What's even more fun to watch was I was there on Fast Friday. We saw Scott McLaughlin and Connor Daly hit over 240 miles an hour. It's only a matter of time until our pole is around that time. At, at some point, this is going to become a, a fighter playing race. You know, It's just crazy to me, the speeds that, that we see. Of course, now we're at row one, P1 position, Alex Blow, Renee's VK, uh, and the Chevy 234.211. And, of course, Felix, keep your eye on Felix. This is a, a, a could be a, a, a first time, if we do have a first time winner, it could very well be with him. I, I like Felix. Uh, he's that, that whole that whole Arrow McLaren team is, is just fun to watch. Uh, so out of row one, what are your takeaways, sir? Yeah, I mean, kind of the same as, as row two. I mean, if you're good enough to qualify in, in row one, then you clearly you have the speed and the talent to win this race. Um, I, the most interesting name of this for me, I think we know Polo's going to contend, and pound for pound, he's probably the odds-on favorite. I haven't looked at the Vegas odds, but I'm assuming he is, just because he's had a monster month coming off the – the GMR Grand Prix yeah. one as well. And, and Rosenquist has almost become like, I, I think people are, are understanding his capabilities as a race car driver. So I don't think he's sneaking up on people anymore. VK is the real wild card to me. Um, you know, when it comes to the ECR cars, we always know that they can qualify. Um, they're, they're always fast. It's just when they get into race day, very rarely do those cars end up being tenders. You know, I know Ed has a couple of runner ups and, you know, we, we've seen some others through the years have to have good runs at Indy, but for the most part, the ECR cars peak the second or third week of May. And the last Sunday in May, um, they're not nowhere to be found, but they're, they're very rarely kind of in the mix for the actual win. So um, we know VK's quick. We know he's uber talented. Um, he's, he's one that I can keep an eye on uh, coming up here on Sunday. So a couple questions, and then we'll, we'll get you out of the, here with these questions. First question, uh, we were talking earlier on the show that last year the winner, Marcus Erickson, we didn't talk about him all day long until like the final 10 laps, and then there he was. He wins. 
if we were to use that same formula from last year, what driver would we say we didn't talk about all year long, but here he is drinking milk? Yeah, Keith, that's a that's a great question. You know, I haven't heard one thing this entire month about Colton Herta. And if we were just making a, a talent power rankings, uh, he would be near the top. So I think that could be one where you wake up with 10 laps left and you're like, oh, my God, heard it's P3. Um, <laughs> this guy, I think people have slept on him before and they realize, hey, that's not the right thing to do. Um, Takuma Sato is kind of the other one for me that you always want to keep an eye on uh, for this race as a guy that uh, doesn't get – a lot of talk or credit for how good he's been here, but, uh, you know, a two-time winner and a guy that seemingly is, is always kind of in the mix there. So those are the two that really kind of jump out to me as uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if either of them contended, certainly, but, but went out and won the race. So Melissa Felnett's staff will be uh, – Tony tweeted it out last week uh, from BurnoutSports.com. Uh, for reference, Graham Rahal, 229.99, would have started him 27th in 2022, uh, 22nd in 2021, 17th in 2020, and the poll in 2019 at a speed of 229.99. That tells you how fast the, the, speeds, uh, the speeds change, so uh, throw that out there. Okay, another que- a couple more questions for you real quickly. Who is the first car out? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I usually pick you know, somebody that is in the back and also uh, doesn't have a lot of experience. So, you know, somebody like R.C. Enerson, I could see it with. Um, Stingray Rob, I think, deserves a lot of credit. I, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be the casualty of bump day. Or even the Hunko yeah. cars with Callum Island and, and uh, right. Augustine Canapino. But um, I'll go with Enerson. Okay. And here's the most important question of all. Who wins the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500? I mean, I, I guess if you want me to be boring, you know, Pelot was my pick <laughs> even before he won pole, and then he won pole, so it's boring to say Pelot. Um, I did this with Will Power, and the second that I stopped picking Will Power, I think, was the year that he won the race. I picked Will Power to win this race like six years in a row. And then the seventh year, he ended up winning the race. Um, I can't imagine – I don't even necessarily think it's going to be Sunday, even though I want to be surprised. I can't imagine that Joseph Garden is going to have the career that he's having and, and not eventually win this race. Um, so I, just to go, I don't even want to say against the grain. I mean, he's one of the best drivers and a multi-time points champion in the series. Um, but I, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and roll with New Garden just to not be boring and take the low. You know what? That's not even a, board, a boring pick. And, and you know what? An exciting story that'll be for him to get his first win. Uh, so really, really fun. Ta- uh, Derek Schultz uh, joins us today. Uh, certainly a longtime friend of the show, a longtime uh, part of the local media, certainly knows IndyCars. Uh, Derek, this is where you typically ask people, where can people find the work and masterpieces? But it's kind of hard with you. These, but I know you're still doing some freelance stuff, and you're teaming up with Derek and, uh, I mean, <laughs> Jake, sorry. Uh, on You guys got still got a podcast or something going on, don't you, the two of you? Yeah, so we, we do our show once a week. Um, ISC Sports Network, you can go to com and stream me on YouTube as well on Monday nights at 7.30. Um, also, I, I write biweekly columns with Mark Monte, uh for the Indianapolis Business Journal. So um, if you're an IBJ subscriber, you can read those and occasionally filling in on the fan, occasionally writing for Indy Monthly. Um, but, yeah, still doing some freelance stuff. And then 
of course, the full-time gig with Purdue. But appreciate you having me on, Tom, and it was great to see you out there yesterday. Hey, hey Derek, real quickly, though. When you were on stage yesterday drinking the Little Kings for Derek, how'd that make you feel? Not drinking Zima. <laughs> Uh, it was fine. Yeah, I can I can enjoy yeah. that too. It's not just not just Zima in my life, but yeah, <laughs> you know, it's fine. You got me. You guys got me in trouble with that little king. Whoever's got it sat over there where I was standing. I was the only one standing there, and this yellow shirt comes up. He goes, "You can't have glass bottles." I'm like, "Okay." So just so you know, I took one for the team. It wasn't my glass bottle. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know, I was wondering about that, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, <laughs> no, 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 it. I don't no, know who no, it was. It was no, a random no, no, thing. No. <laughs> yeah. All right, Derek. Have a good race weekend, buddy. We'll see ya. Sorry, buddy. Derek Schultz, uh, but certainly been around here a long time. Great friend of the show. We've had a great show today. Field of 33. We've got all of our picks in. We'll get it up on social media. Uh, you know, we're going to get a poll up about the Derek Stash. Uh, so great storylines to talk that we talked about. Obviously, uh, one of the, the biggest storylines, if you will, uh, is that of, of Graham Ray Hall getting out, bumped out of the race and then uh, getting back in the race uh, after the accident uh, with uh, uh, Stephon Wilson and uh, uh, Captain Mikey. So a lot of storylines that we talked about. We, we went at you at 240 miles an hour. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, no, not really that fast. But it is exciting. Thank you so much for being a part of our show, The Field of 33. Thanks, uh, Matt Hicks. Uh, thanks, Tony Donahue, and thanks, uh, Derek Schultz. And most importantly, thanks to you guys. If you're listening to our podcast, go ahead and hit like and subscribe so we know how awesome you are. We already know how awesome uh, that that we are. And, um, you, you know, get out there to the track. Come on. Well, it might be hard to get tickets now, but I won't say that you can't get any. If you try hard enough, you look deep enough. You're probably not going to find parking, but it, it is what it is. But get out there to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. There's some other races going on this year, not as big as the Indianapolis 500. But get out there and enjoy yourself. Have a great Memorial Day, you guys. And remember what it's really for, uh, for is we, we are free to have this awesome event uh, because of those that, that gave all. Memorial Day this weekend. Don't forget the real meaning of that. My name is Tom Marquisell, Presidente. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Before I change now, I'm back chasing these white lines. I'm just a long head son of a sinner, searching for new ways I can get gone. I'm a